saddle again. I would sing that song, but uh, my voice does not sound like Steven Tyler's, as you can tell right now. And this is... <laughs> I can barely speak at the moment. So before we get into it, uh, I wanted to tell everybody, this is the first episode of No Disclosure I've recorded since getting COVID. It's been two weeks. Um, on August 16th, started feeling really, really sick. And... Uh, Noticed that it was not very flu-like, that this was something different. Ended up getting a COVID test, got COVID. I know everybody has different experiences with it and stuff, but man, COVID beat my ass. It beat my ass. And Cassie had it even worse. So before we get into the episode, I want to thank everybody, friends, the patrons, the listeners. Thanks for the well wishes. Thanks for the calls. Thanks for the messages. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for the people who went out and helped us get groceries, you know, and stuff like that. And like I said, everybody has different experiences with COVID. Uh, it was one of the worst sicknesses I've ever had. I'm about 90% there right now. I think well enough to do an episode of No Disclosure. Uh, if you haven't noticed, my voice sounds a lot different. <laughs> uh, hopefully, it goes back to normal. But um, we just got to do this thing. We got to do it. It's been two weeks. So, I am... Oh, yeah, I have a, <laughs> a thing I should have mentioned first, right? This is episode 100 of No Disclosure. Ah, yes! Episode 100 of No Disclosure. I, I should have done this two weeks ago, but then I got COVID. <laughs> so, in No Disclosure fashion, I had to wait until this technical problem was fixed. But this is episode 100 of No Disclosure, and I'm live streaming the whole thing right now. Not just the last, you know, not just the last few minutes of it or whatever, like I normally do. We're live streaming the whole shebang. So welcome to No Disclosure. Hmm? This podcast is brought to you by Anchor, Prevail Guitar Works, and Asylum817.com. This podcast is where we go on the news, see what's going on in the world, and based like fine, expensive turkeys in the sheer audacity and craziness that is our news media. People have to deal with a lot of junk in their lives, and with the climate things are in, no disclosure exists to not only improve your level of inner fanciness, but to hopefully take your mind off the disaster for a while. So let's get into it, do what we do best, and have a little fun, kids. Shake off your shoes and set that mental bag of bricks down in the entryway of my mind, and let's begin. So, yes, episode 100. Ooh. Ooh. I love it. But let's get into it. See, I, I had a lot of crazy ideas <laughs> what I was going to do for episode 100. I was going to do, like, fake interviews, you know, with famous people and have them, like, obviously, you know, pick people that are obviously not that person, like, the most opposite person. You know, I was going to do I, I, some of the ideas that I had. You'd be like, man, this guy's lost his mind. But I think in the end of it, we needed to do... Uh, you know, do a little couple special things here like this, you know, live live streaming the whole thing. But uh, we needed to have, you know, core episode of No Disclosure. We've gotten 100 episodes doing what we do, doing how we do. So you just need to, you know, I got to think about people who are discovering this show for the first time. 
Uh, but the fun part is we're live streaming this whole thing. So I'll occasionally, you know, take a, we're going to make this a little bit longer episode of No Disclosure 2. Let's party. Let's have this a celebration. So I'm going to stop, uh, you know, every once in a little while and read some comments on here. So feel free to be a part of the discussion. Okay. Uh, Donald Haynes says testicles one, two. <laughs> April Fox says take two. <laughs> and people are being tagged already. That's awesome. So let's check it out. Um, in typical no disclosure fashion, we're going to have a lot of recurring themes on this one, I can tell already, which is cool. Yeah, you know, a little bit of serendipity for episode 100. TikTok bans the milk crate challenge videos, citing safety concerns. Really? <laughs> uh, if you've never seen it, they're, uh, they're hilarious. <laughs> People stacking milk crates and, uh, you know, trying to Super Mario across them. And uh, the app says they'll no longer allow people to post videos of themselves tenuously walking over milk crate pyramids. Well, good for you, TikTok. People attempting to milk whatever viral fame they can get on TikTok. <laughs> get it? <laughs> that was a good pun, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, you can use that, but I'll charge you. We'll no longer be able to do with the milk crate challenge. The app has banned videos of people attempting the risky trend, citing safety concerns, according to USA Today. TikTok prohibits content that promotes or glorifies dangerous acts. And we remove videos and redirect searches to our community guidelines to discourage such content. That silence was intentional, by the way. <laughs> we encourage everyone to exercise caution in their behavior, whether online or off, the company said in a statement. The search for hashtag milk crate challenge on TikTok on Friday has brought up a no results found page in the following sentence. The phrase may be associated with behavior or content that violates our guidelines. Promoting a safe and positive experience is TikTok's top priority. That's another intentional silence. For those who've been living under a rock or a crate the past few... I'm sorry, I'll, I'll quit with the puns. People make... A, <laughs> people make a milk crate pyramid an attempt to walk on it successfully to complete the so-called challenge. In case you're wondering, it doesn't end well most of the time, as a lot of these videos demonstrate. <laughs> New York-based orthopedic surgeon Dr. Sean Anthony told Today.com that related injuries can include, well, everything. I'm not going to go through the list. It's about a page long. He stressed that the nation's emergency rooms are already overcrowded due to ongoing pandemic, blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, so now listen, kids. I know everybody wants to be the biggest TikTok star and, you know, stuff like that. And the, the pull is just irresistible for some of you, isn't it? But don't run around on stacked milk crate pyramids. You will break every bone in your body. <laughs> Uh, good for you, TikTok, for banning the thing. Uh, uh, me personally, if you want to ask my opinion, I love TikTok. I love them. Uh, I love everybody on TikTok. I love all the TikTok trends. I am a fan. Why? Because you provide no disclosure with never-ending material. So I appreciate it. <laughs> Donald Haynes says, Gorilla Glue and Tide Pods were okay, but they draw the line at milk. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll leave that on your side of the table, sir. I, I was thinking the same thing. In other news, this is brought to you by The Mirror. 
Ghostbusters obsessed people hunt ghosts with their very own Ecto-1. Yes, the Ghostbusters exist now. <laughs> K&M, paranormal, are always on the lookout for ghosts. But what does an average day look like for these real-life Ghostbusters? What the hell, phone? <laughs> Technical problems always. It's nice to see that some things don't change. Okay, there we go. If there's something strange in your neighborhood, who are you going to call? You'll probably call K&M Paranormal, of course. After all, they're fully equipped with their very own Ecto-1 and raring to go. Yes, the Ghostbusters now exist. K&M Paranormal, look them up, was established in December of 2019 by Paranormal-obsessed partners Katie and Matt. The team is based in Wales with six volunteer members on board, and they continue to grow each day by investigating some of the UK's most haunted locations. Whether they're out on a public investigation or hosting a charity event. Oh, that's cool. With their very own hearse, which has been transformed into Ecto-1, they're always in demand. We spoke to ghost hunting couple Katie and Matt to find out uh, blah, 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 how an average day looks for them. Well, this is actually kind of cool. <laughs> uh, when I first started reading this article, I thought it was a bit cringy. I'm like, oh, okay, you're like that weird chick. You know, on that uh, My Strange Obsession that thinks she's Michelangelo the Ninja Turtle. But, uh, I mean, you guys are, you know, actually ghost hunting. It's a business. And uh, it looks like they have some pretty darn good equipment that they use. And, uh, it's pretty legit, man. And they do charity events in the Ecto-1. You can't make fun of that. I mean, they do charity events and stuff. Yeah, it's a little bit weird. It's a little bit cringy. Having what appears to me to be, uh, <laughs> what was the original Ecto-1? Because this is not it. This is like a converted Ford station wagon <laughs> turned into an Ecto-1. Not a bad job. And I'm wondering about the, uh, the, the blue lights, you know, on the top. I know that here in America... Uh, that's kind of a no-no. You can't have lights on top of your vehicle like that without some kind of, I guess, license or permit, something. Uh, or the, you know, siren on top of that. So, uh, England, way to go. <laughs> this is really cool. Bye-bye, uh, April. Hope to see you again soon. Uh, talking to people on the chat here. So, yeah, uh, there are real-life Ghostbusters, and they're in England. That That's actually kind of cool. Um, <laughs> I was going to make fun of them, but... After I saw the charity thing, I'm like, yeah, 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 okay, good for you. AP News, uh, what do they got? Do 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 do, skibbity bop bow. This is fun. Episode 100, man. Can you believe it? I'm still freaking out about that. From AP News, parents must pay thirty thousand four hundred and forty-one dollars for getting rid of son's porn stash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now people are winning lawsuits because their parents threw away their porn stash. <laughs> that is awesome. $30,441. Parents, a lot of you don't realize that there's a lot of this, especially if you had vintage stuff. I mean, some of this is know, worth some money. Grand Haven, Michigan. A judge has ordered Western Michigan a couple to pay $30,441 for their son for getting rid of his pornography collection. <laughs> We're winning lawsuits now. I mean, they're winning lawsuits now. Uh, anyway, the U.S. District Judge Paul Maloney. Can I? Uh, for some reason, I, have, I know it's Maloney, but for some reason, I have trouble reading it. 
I'm just going to call him Paul Baloney. U.S. District Judge Paul Baloney's decision this week came eight months after David Wergerking, 43, won a lawsuit against his parents, 43 years old. <laughs> Are you still living with your parents? He said they had no right to throw out his collection of films, magazines, and other items. Working had lived at their Grand Haven home for 10 months after a divorce before moving uh, to Muncie, Indiana. Hey, I understand. It happens to the best of us. I went through separation slash divorce myself, still going through some stuff with it. And it's rough. I understand you having to move back in with your parents. I'm not going to make fun of you for that. I know a lot of uh, comedic journalists would. But me, I totally understand. I had to move in with people that I really didn't want to move in with. <laughs> I had to go to the move back in with mom thing. I get it. But um, if you have a porn stash worth $30,000, uh, did you have to? I know you got to bring it with you. I mean, it's worth a lot, right? Can't. Um, but did a storage building ever cross your mind? <clears throat> you know, putting it in something less conspicuous. Was it in a box that said "my porn," <laughs> you know, written in crayon or something? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I got to read more into this. He said they had <laughs> the judge. <laughs> Sorry. The judge followed the value set by an expert. Working's parents must pay $14,500 to the son's attorney. After moving to Indiana, Working learned that his possessions were missing. Frankly, David, I did you a big favor by getting rid of all this stuff, his dad said in an email. Well, yeah, uh, you probably did. But uh, you need to keep in mind also that there are people that collect this stuff. There are people who collect vintage pornography, and a lot of it is worth a lot, a lot of money. That wasn't smart, dude's dad, because now you're going to have to pay him a crap load of money <laughs> and buy him a new box to put it in when he replaces all of it. So he doesn't have to have, you know, my porn written in crayon on the box. Now he could get like a nice, maybe like heavy duty case, you know, with snaps and stuff on it. <laughs> what a victory. That's a victory. <laughs> the world is a better place today. Someone got their porn through away, sued their parents, and won. That's awesome. And uh, in other news, there is a giant, that's a big rubber duck, a giant rubber ducky floats in Belfast Harbor Tuesday, August 17th, Belfast, Maine. What that thing is massive. Harbor Master Catherine Given says it's a mystery who put it there, but that the 25 foot tall duck doesn't pose a navigational hazard, so there's no big rush to shoo it away. A giant, mysterious rubber duck. <laughs> 25 foot inflatable duck uh, disappeared over the weekend as mysteriously as it arrived after bringing days of delight to a seaside Maine community. The rubber ducky was removed from the harbor sometime Saturday, luckily because of concerns about Tropical Storm Henry. Belfast Harbor Master Catherine Given is quoted as saying in the Bangor Daily News, despite the weather concerns, Given said people were upset to see the duck leave the harbor. So this giant 25-foot inflatable duck just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> and uh, they remove it, people get sad. See, this is why we're here. This is why we make no disclosure, okay? This is why I exist. This is why the show exists. 
Because if there's a giant rubber ducky that mysteriously appears in Maine and no one knows where the hell it came from, it goes away and you see grown men crying. Somebody has to report on it. <laughs> Will the ducky return? That's not known. But the letter alluded to the duck landing somewhere else after Belfast. Well, doy. What do you think it went to, Mars? <clears throat> that thing's awesome. <laughs> it's a giant rubber duck. Inflatable. That says joy. <laughs> I love it. It's cute. There's a, uh, oh, this is a cool story. Diner leaves a $10,000 tip. Yes, a $10,000 tip for workers at a Florida restaurant. This is in Gainesville, Florida. I love this kind of stuff. Faith and humanity restored kind of stories. I love it. In Gainesville, Florida, a diner at a North Florida restaurant gathered the staff of 10 people together to thank them for their hard work before leaving a $10,000 tip to share. Holy cow. It happened last Tuesday night as the man, his wife, and son finished their dinner at the Wahoo Seafood Grill, the Gainesville Sun reported. Sean Shepard, who owns Wahoo, told the neighbor he got a call from his employees that night, alerting him to the giant tip. He first thought, his first thought was, it's pretty suspicious, as anybody would be. Check his ID and the name on the back of his credit card. Said He, he said to the employees, <clears throat> I wasn't there, so I don't know. <laughs> but the restaurant's point of sale system approved the transaction. Shepard said he'd check back the next day, make sure all the money was still there, which it was. Watching these guys get their check was almost as good as Christmas morning, I bet. Uh, that is really, really cool. Among those benefiting from the big tip was uh, Ashley Green, who was called into work that day. She had recently enjoyed a rough time because her daughter was ill. She had a hard month. She'd been not able to work, kid in and out of the hospital. She's been really stressed out. When the coronavirus pandemic began, Shepard said he temporarily closed the Wahoo and lost about $30,000 in food. And uh, <clears throat> the Florida Restaurant Lodging Association at the Ouchikichikachkwachkwachkwachkwachkwachkwachkwachkwachkwachkwachkwachkwachkwachkwachkwachkwachkwachkwachkwachkwachkwachkwachkwachkwachkwachkwachkwachkwachkwachkwachkw
picked up the gun, turned on the laser sight, and was pointing it at the floor to get the cat to chase it. What were you drinking? Was this woman drinking, like, lighter fluid? I, I don't care. I, uh, everybody's young once. You know, I, I've been drunk before. And the last thing on my mind, if somebody brings a gun with a laser sight, I'm not going to grab it and be like, to <laughs> play with the cat. Go get it, kitty. Oh, my God. <laughs> Especially considering that that's not the only way to get a laser pointer. But uh, I don't care how drunk. Uh, that, that This is nuts. This is nuts. I don't care how drunk I am. The last thing on my mind would be to pick up the gun and use it as a kitty laser pointer to play with. Oh, my God. What is wrong with people? The man who was standing in the doorway was shot in the thigh. You're damn lucky, man. That's amazing. And he went into another apartment where police found him after responding to a 911 call. Tourniquet was applied to his leg to stop the bleeding before he was taken to a hopsicle. There's no word on his condition, but authorities said he was facing charges for violating bond conditions that prevented him from having the weapon in the first place. So, yes, this story gets dumber. <laughs> the woman told police she thought the magazine had been taken out of the gun and said it accidentally went off, according to the complaint. Okay. Well, I mean, you playing Kitty Chase the Laser probably maybe had nothing to do with it. That's uh, <laughs> And uh, this is really cool. I did not look this next one up on purpose, okay? I promise, I did not. So I think it's very serendipitous, very cool. And I'm very happy to see that one of our first news stories, matter of fact, it was definitely one of the first two or three news stories that No Disclosure ever did on episode one, two, three, those early, early ones. Uh, R. Kelly is back. <laughs> Our good friend R. Kelly is back. We haven't read an article on him since the early episodes of No Disclosure. How cool is it that we're looking at it again on episode 100? R. Kelly, we missed you. What you been up to? R. Kelly's ex-manager said Singer blew up and docked his paycheck when he booked a male Disney tour guide. <laughs> oh, R. Kelly. Thanks for coming back for episode 100. Crazy asshole. R. Kelly's former studio manager has told a Brooklyn courtroom that the singer allegedly blew up and docked his paycheck after finding out that a male Disney World tour guide was booked instead of a female one. The I believe I can ah, singer is on trial in New York after being charged with racketeering, sexual exploitation of a child, forced labor, kidnapping, enticement, and bribery. Kelly has denied the charges against him. Now, his former manager, Tom Arnold, his name's Tom Arnold, cool, who worked for Kelly between 2004 and 2011, told jurors in testimony Thursday, August 26th, that the R&B singer docked his entire paycheck when he couldn't get a female tour guide during a visit to Walt Disney World in Florida. Hark, Kelly. <laughs> You're such a creep. <laughs> oh, my God, man. I told you I wanted a negative 100-year-old female to give me the tour of Walt Disney. And I said... <laughs> What a creep, dude. It needed to be a woman, Arnold said in court. I bet. His request was that it be a female tour guide. God damn, Mark Kelly, you got some problems, don't you? I took the first person I could get, he said, of the 2011 Disney World vacation. It was a gentleman. Nobody was available. He said the... <laughs> Mark Kelly's freaking weird, dude. He said the offending hiring decision cost him $1,500 in pay. 
Kelly, who, uh, who federal prosecutors said kept underage girls under strict and often brutal rules of conduct for years, allegedly beat and humiliated the young woman for even minor breaches of his imposed rules. Hey, boy, could you get me a bottle of water, please? Thank you. At one point, Arnold said staffers were punished for one such misstep. We were all fined because someone ate his donuts. Man. <laughs> Jeez, R. Kelly. He didn't look like a donut-eating guy. Donald Haynes says, oh, my God, really? Where's Cosby at now? Uh, released. Yeah, free. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's nice to see R. Kelly again. Elsewhere in the courtroom, one of the singer's alleged victims accused Kelly of purposely giving her herpes during Uncle uh, 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 Water. Needed some water. Doing okay, though. Voice is holding out. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> R. Kelly's back. Let's see if we'll have any. <laughs> so I go to pull up the, the next article. And I see a big, shining, beautiful logo from our friends at OnlyFans. <laughs> so everybody at this point knows the debacle going on with OnlyFans. They planned to ban sexual content as it wants to be a home, you know, uh, more. I, I guess they they want to be Disney, you know, or, or something. <laughs> so they banned all kinds of, you know, all the sexual content and everything like that. Which I thought was silly at this point. Because OnlyFans, you're not going to change your reputation at this point. You're not. I don't care what you do to reinvent your image or change the logo or, you know, whatever. What kind of ads you put out. Have you seen the OnlyFans ads since that whole thing broke? It's hilarious. You have you know, people who are obviously actors because no self-respecting artist at this point is going to touch only fans it has become an adult thing and instead of just partying with it and, and embracing it they decided no sexual content so only fans offered uh, a just a retraction uh just uh three days ago they said they no longer plan this will blow this this blow my mind which i actually kind of felt bad for the people that were doing the Dirty OnlyFans stuff, right? Because people were, it's like the YouTube for hoes, right? Because people were getting to where they could quit their jobs, you know, and stuff like that. They were financially able to do, that's cool. I'm all for that. Uh, people are going to send me really crappy phone calls and people are going to get pissed off and butthurt. Oh my God, he supports sex workers. Hey, beep, beep. I support entrepreneurs. So dice that however way you want. Um, I'm not even going to answer phone calls coming in from no disclosure anyway. <laughs> not anymore. I'm tired of feeding the beast. I say what I want to. If you got a rebuttal, if you want to say anything else, comment section down there or start your own damn podcast. Mm. Need some more water. I support entrepreneurship. I do. And I support people that were clever enough to look at a platform that wasn't intended for this kind of thing, looked into its soul and saw dollar signs. I have, a, I have respect for that. Uh, morally, am I with that whole kind of thing? Obviously, no. I'm, I'm a Christian. That's not cool. <clears throat> but uh, again, like with R. Kelly, Stakem, uh, <laughs> Jared Fogle, people like that, TikTok, they provide me with uh, more content than I know what to do with. No disclosure is never boring because of you, OnlyFans. 
<laughs> so, yeah, they offered a retraction. They're no longer planning to ban explicit adult content. Uh, quite an abrupt U-turn. The online subscription website released a statement on Wednesday, uh, 25th, actually, after it previously said it was going to ban all explicit content on October 1st. So this is the official tweet that they sent out. I'm reading it right now. Thank you to everyone for making your voices heard. We have secured assurances necessary to support our diverse creator community and have suspended the planned October 1st policy change. OnlyFans stands for inclusion. And we will... Huh, Gotta love that word, don't you? Flies around a lot these days. And we'll continue to provide a home for all creators regardless. And I felt bad for these people that were that found their thing, that became financially independent, and now they're terrified that they might have to go back to work at the freaking Burger King. You know what I mean? I felt bad for them. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> OnlyFans is going to remain OnlyFans, which makes a lot of sense to me. I was hoping that OnlyFans would do this, because, I'm sorry, guys, <laughs> at this point, nothing you do is going to change that reputation. It's over. Just learn to party with it, embrace it. It, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> do what you want with your ads. No self-respecting artist is going to touch OnlyFans. Let it be what the people made it out to be, and your company will be fine. It's nice to see a company being smart like this and just saying, okay, well, it's either sink or swim, so we you know, we just got to party with it. <laughs> OnlyFans is an interesting case. OnlyFans grew at an exponential rate since its launch in 2016. It became known as a place to access X-rated content creators. The proposed ban was met with outrage from sex workers who have previously found themselves banned from posting explicit content on other platforms, platforms like Tumblr and Instagram. This was the only place they could go. However, the abrupt U-turn had not been met with positivity from adult content creators either, many of whom have spent the past week attempting to find an OnlyFans alternative to ensure their livelihood. Patreon! Patreon. One sex worker wrote on Twitter, something about the special way you gaslight and manipulate us is starting to make me feel like this account is run by one of my ex-boyfriends. Okay, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> uh, hmm. <laughs> Somebody chimed on Twitter, chimed in on Twitter with the username. <laughs> I got to say this without laughing. Okay. A Twitter account, Lucy the Dick Whisperer. <laughs> this is why OnlyFans exist, guys. Come on. you got Lucy the Dick Whisperer wanted to chime in and offer her two cents. She says, no chance. You've proved that not only are you untrustworthy, but you are willing to put millions of creators out of a job. Possibly dangerous situation for money. You didn't even tell us first. Plus, I'm not effing my fans around. Already moved. Damage already done. See? This is... <laughs> this is why you shouldn't do this, OnlyFans. Quit flip-flopping on your business model. Because once you piss off Lucy the Dick Whisperer, <laughs> your company's done. Lucy the Dick Lucy the Dick Whisperer. I love it. That's fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. I will, <laughs> that's the best username ever 
used on the internet. Hats hats off to you, Lucy the Dick Whisperer. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I want to check out her OnlyFans just to see what that's all about. But uh, anyway, <laughs> that's fantastic. Now, from uh, IFL Science, an autopsy reveals, this, this one intrigued me, how Grigory Rasputin really died. There aren't many people out there whose death has been turned into a song, let alone an absolute banger. In fact, pretty much the only one we could think of is Rasputin, whose death people dance to, thanks to it being set to music by Boney M. But despite, <laughs> what's up there, Boney? But despite all the legends surrounding his murder, his autopsy tells a very different tale. For those, let's say, uninitiated, Grigory Rasputin was a Siberian monk born in 1869 who went on to befriend Emperor Nicholas and uh, <coughs> Empress Alexandra in the late Imperial Russia. At 28, he was married with children when he developed a hankering for religion and left his village to go on a pilgrimage wandering the land to visit various holy sites with his trademark charisma, he soon attracted his own followers and an in influential followers and was uh, introduced to the emperor and empress. We're talking about the czar here. Rasputin's favor with the rulers grew after he treated their hemophiliac son, who for a time did seem to improved, uh, improve, and the bleeding stopped after Rasputin's interventions. Of course, not due to some mystical powers, the government likely came about because Rasputin insisted the boy stop taking aspirin. So, I mean, this he was a, a pretty, uh, it, it was like an old mystic, you know, a really bizarre character. Now, his death was pretty odd. They tried to take this guy out. <laughs> uh, I, I, he was shot. He was poisoned. He was beaten up. I mean, they just really went to town on this guy, and he was still alive. Uh, I think, what did they throw him in a... F uh, yeah, here it is. Um, a few After a few kicks to the head, followed by a drowning in the ice-cold Neva River, he died. So some accounts say he was pulled out of the river whilst still alive. Other accounts say there were claw marks in the ice, because why not? <laughs> For some reason, this has become the prevailing version of events, despite two factors, okay? It contained him being reanimated by the powers of Satan, and it was written by his actual, like, murderer. <laughs> so, yes, the main version of events that everyone remembers, and these were eventually... Um, see, Rasputin was dragged out of a river two days after his death, with no claw marks on the eyes, okay, let me assure you, and no indication that he had drowned, and his lungs were not filled with water, suggested he'd been thrown into the ice post-mortem. So what's more is there's no indication he had been poisoned either. And this daughter insisted, uh, his daughter insisted that Rasputin never ate sweets or drank wine, none of that, making that part of events seem unlikely too. What they did find, however, was three bullet holes, one in the head, one in the back, one in the chest, from which he died pretty much instantaneously, which admittedly is more difficult for Boney M to turn into a song, right? Harder to rhyme. Isn't it Boney? But, uh, yeah, the, the mystery solved, apparently. Grigory Rasputin. They got the creepiest eyes I've ever seen in my life. Weird, weird guy. But um, I didn't know that a lot of these accounts of his death were written by the guy that did it. <laughs> so uh, a lot of hearsay there. They said it was the three massive bullet holes, two of which were in his head, 
that did Rasputin in. A mystery solved, kids. So uh, <laughs> let's look at the chat here. Donald Hain says, I mean, if we get a Cosby article, it's the No Disclosure Trinity. TikTok, R. Kelly, and Bill Cosby. <laughs> with uh, One of those could be interchangeable with Jetpack Man, right? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Matthew Keith says, Lucy the Dick Whisperer sounds like the username for Lucifer Morningstar. <laughs> it does look like uh, something that you would come up with, wouldn't it? <laughs> I would just make it Lucy the Dick Whisperer. That, that works. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. What time are we at? Skibbity bop bow. I'm less concerned with time on this one because uh, this is episode 100. <clears throat> We're celebrating, right? I would much rather read all the articles this time. So let's keep moving. We only got a few left. People keep poisoning themselves with what? No. People keep poisoning themselves with horse deworming pills trying to prevent COVID. Oh, oh my God. Might as well be drinking bleach. Don't do that. <laughs> now that I said it. Don't, no, no, no. Don't. That, that was a joke. If you heard Steve dying in the background, <laughs> that was Eli's phone. <laughs> I, I pause for a second and I hear, ooh. Desperation and fear do strange things to people, it seems. Any port in a storm goes one famous saying, but the same principle really doesn't apply to medicine, right? But to tell, uh, you know, tell that to the people who are landing themselves in hospitals. With an imaginative cure, understatement, for COVID-19. They started popping pills that are intended for deworming horses. Seriously? You guys won't take a vaccine, but you'll take deworming horse pills? Literal horse pills? <laughs> like I said, I don't get political on here. I don't jump into all that arguing bandwagon, tinfoil hat crap. But that's the first thing that came to my mind. Seriously? You have problems with a vaccine, but you're going to take horse deworming pills? The drug in question is called, I'm not even going to say the name, not only because I cannot pronounce it, but because I'm going to say it and somebody's going to end up fucking taking it. <clears throat> and then I'll get another phone call. It's a widely used medicine that farmers feed their animals to kill parasitic nematode worms. Yeah. And because it kills disgusting parasites, guess what? It also kills the coronavirus, right? <laughs> no, not by a long shot. But some people still have gotten that bright idea in their heads. Well, they might as well be drinking fucking arsenic. According to the CDC, there's been a sudden massive uptick in, uh, look, what, what, we got to call this drug something because it's, it's in the article a million times. Um, let's call it, oh, what's a cool name for a drug that you would come up with, Eli? Uh, Brilliant. Uh, let's call it the, let's, let's call it, this is called the drug Yeti. The, <laughs> the drug isn't going to the animals. People are taking it themselves, thinking it'll treat or prevent COVID-19. Nope. As a result, uh, Yeti poisonings. <laughs> I like calling the drug Yeti. It makes the sentences funny. Yeti poisonings are skyrocketing, <laughs> skyrocketing across the country. Imagine somebody stumbling upon no disclosure for the first time, and they skip to that part. Because it does happen. You know, people just skip to, they hear Yeti poisonings. Like, oh, I got to listen to this show now. And Texas, for example, the state's poison center network, has been receiving 150% more calls about it this year than in 2020. The situation got so bad that the FDA had to chime in on this. They said, and this is so savage. I love this. Listen, this is what the FDA posted. I love how savage this is. This is a quote. I'm not paraphrasing. You are not a horse. 
you are not a cow. Seriously, quit this. <laughs> That's from the FDA. <laughs> they didn't try to be all PC, you know, and write this thing. That's a quote. You are not a horse. You are not a cow. <laughs> there is, uh, granted, doctors do sometimes prescribe low doses of this medicine, of Yeti, to people. I'm not going to, that's not the name of it, okay? I just, I don't want to pronounce stuff. Who have managed to catch a parasite. But the key words here are low doses. This Yeti drug, intended for animal use, has much higher concentrations of the active chemicals than those for human use. As a result, you'll just fucking poison yourself if you take it. According to the FDA, Yeti poisoning comes with an impressive list of symptoms. Man, listen to this. Nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, stomach, uh, diarrhea, 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 Franklin. Oh my God. Diarrhea McIntyre. They include nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. Stomach pain, facial or limb swelling, Reba McIntyre, dizziness, seizures, confusion, Reba McIntyre, sudden drop in blood pressure, severe skin rash, liver injury, and Reba McIntyre. And again, the drug doesn't do jack shit against COVID, okay? It works by disrupting ion channels and nematode worms, which renders the parasites unable to feed or do the shibbity shibbity. Do viruses have ion channels? Is what you ask, right? Because you're asking that right now. You're asking that. Do viruses have ion channels? No, they do not. Okay? They don't. <laughs> There's no scientific basis for a potential therapeutic effect against COVID-19. Quit taking horse pills. And uh, there's got to be something about TikTok in this article. It, TikTok has to have something to do with this. Or, you know, a TikToker's got to be in here somewhere. Mm. No. Dang it. I was hoping so. Uh, so if anybody has seen this, <laughs> this is one of my favorite articles I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, I don't even know how to start with this. Researchers discover SpongeBob and Patrick on the ocean floor. Yes, you heard that right. There's a few things, very few things more exciting than seeing your favorite movie and TV stars in the flesh. The best cartoon fans can usually hope for, though, is some guy in a Mickey Mouse suit at Disney World or something. But for the friends of a certain yellow sponge, we have good news. Science has just proven that SpongeBob SquarePants is not only real, but has a best friend that is a pink sea star. <laughs> what am I doing? What am I doing with my life? I have thousands of dollars worth of gear. And I'm like... <clears throat> I want to start this silly podcast where I read the dumbest news possible. And on episode 100, I'm going to read about the real SpongeBob and Patrick. Don't you ever think about that with me, Cassie? Like, I, I read something and you just think, like, what the hell is he doing? Like, he could be, uh, you know, running a legit news thing or, like, helping some kind of problem in the world. But instead, he's laughing at pee-pee jokes and looking at pictures of SpongeBob laughing at boobs for 40 minutes. We have the national... <laughs> Even I think it, kids. We have the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's NOAA researcher vessel, vessel to thank for the discovery. The ex-Navy ship was sailing above the New England seamounts in the Atlantic Ocean when it launched a remote submersible for a routine trip to the ocean floor. And right here on the live stream, I'm going to show you. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be easy to see. You must look it up. 
okay. Uh, it's probably going to be fucking blurry as hell. Yeah, it is. So, <laughs> yeah, that's not going to be easy to see on the webcam. So look it up yourself, okay? This is a legit, a yellow sea sponge next to a pink sea star. How awesome is that? <laughs> Nickelodeon claims that Bikini Bottom is located beneath Bikini Atoll in the Marshall Island uh, because we now know that's not true. Instead, the town lies by Retriever Seamount. Now, look, you, gotta, you guys got to look this up. The submersible dove, dove to a death about 1.2 miles by the Seamount when it happened. There, attached to a volcanic rock, was a bright yellow rectangular sponge. And he wasn't alone either. Next to the sponge was its inseparable, if dim-witted, companion, Patrick fucking Star. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you SpongeBob and Patrick. <laughs> Look this up. It's awesome. So in order to find this, I don't know how you're going to do it. <laughs> uh, but I just Googled real SpongeBob and Patrick. SpongeBob and Patrick found uh, NOAA. Found SpongeBob and Patrick, NOAA, SpongeBob Patrick. You'll you'll find it, but this is really really cool. <laughs> uh, there's an uncanny resemblance between the deep sea creatures to the famous cartoon duo. Uh, I usually avoid pop culture references and stuff. I just kind of report on shit, but I can't resist. They're a dead ringer for SpongeBob and Patrick. <laughs> this is so cool. Uh, the Twitter crowd soon noticed the picture much to their delight. One helpful user even helped drive the point home by adding faces and limbs to the picture. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, we found the real SpongeBob and Patrick. <laughs> that's cool. I want to go down there and put a little pair of shorts on that sea star. <laughs> uh, let's see, where are we at here? Okay. We're at a, normally on a normal episode of No Disclosure, we would be closing. Let's do let's let's do a couple more, okay? Because I want to I want to tell you about this guy, and this is really important, okay? This is one I want you to listen to. There's another faith in humanity kind of story, very important. A Connecticut landlord has been arrested for allegedly sniffing his tenant's underwear. Yes, a a, a, a landlord in connection uh, connection. And Connecticut <laughs> was arrested after he allegedly broke into a tenant's apartment and was caught on camera sniffing women's undergarments. Jorge Orleana Arias Ali, ah, 38 years old, was seen on hidden security cameras entering a tenant's apartment and going to town. The tenant first filed a report with police in May about her issues with Orleana stating that he would go into her and her daughter's bedroom, go through their clothes, and, uh, yeah, just <laughs> fucking aardvark all their underwear. <laughs> the woman told officers that as soon, as soon as she suspected someone was entering their home, she began barricading adjoining doors, but the landlord used another door to get in. Wow. Camera caught him, though, entering her apartment through a side door before proceeding to both bedrooms where he would locate the female under, undergarments. The, God, dude. What is wrong with you? He's a guy's a fucking animal. Orella Hanan de Swan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez, the fifth of Spain, was arrested on July 22nd. He faces charges of third degree burglary and was released on a $25,000 bond. He's, he's going to be appearing in court very, very soon. Okay. Last article. Uh, this one, 
<clears throat> I'm very excited to tell you about. Very excited. This is another Faith in Humanity story. Something very, very heartwarming. And it's not going to be a joke like the last one. I legit mean it this time. Mm. For our last article on episode 100, I want to close with something very heartwarming. Very, And I'm not joking either. A British library apologizes for hiring Rainbow Dildo Butt Monkey for a kid's event. <laughs> Rainbow Dildo Butt Monkey are four words no one ever imagined uttering in the same sentence. But here we are. A library in London, England, apologized after a children's event they hosted didn't quite go as planned. Uh, I don't even know how this started. I have a lot of questions. Redbridge Libraries hired uh, Mandinga Arts to provide entertainers for their summer reading challenge event on July 10th when the video footage from the day went viral. One of the entertainers who was you, just, uh, was, you can imagine is a rainbow dildo butt monkey was dressed, well, exactly how you'd expect a rainbow dildo butt monkey to look. A person in multicolored monkey costume with nipples exposed, along with a fake dong and butt cheeks hanging out of the costume. <laughs> so you're, you're hosting a kid's event, and you settled on Rainbow Dildo Butt Monkey? Okay. Who hired this person? <laughs> Did you not know what any of these words meant? Writer Janice Turner tweeted, I would really love a detailed breakdown. Of the commissioning process, whereby Redbridge Council commissioned the Rainbow Dildo Butt Monkey as a means to teach children to read. Well, he will de he'll definitely get their attention. I mean, he may have something there. Local conservative ca <laughs> candidate Haas Ahmed added, Apparently this is meant to encourage kids in Redbridge to pick up reading for summer. Please tell me the rationale behind these indecent costumes that were shown to families and done publicly in front of children. Was this necessary? I don't know. Did it work? Our kids reading a lot now. <laughs> God, what? Uh, who? Uh, I I don't even know where to start with this. No idea. Uh, the damage was done, you know, with visions of rainbow butt monkeys dancing in the kids' heads, exposed parts forever burned into the locals' retinas, unable to unsee what their innocent eyeballs took in. Kids are gonna have nightmares about this for the rest of their life. I'm going to. And I just saw a photo. Yes, I saw the photo of Rainbow Dildo Butt Monkey. And I'm an instant fan. Instant fan. And I'll be following him everywhere he goes. Now. <laughs> but uh, imagine seeing that as a child. <clears throat> yes. Plus, uh, some took screenshots of comments from the library that prior to issuing the apology, Redbridge Libraries appeared to think the meddlesome monkey was hilarious. Yeah, uh, Giant dong hanging out of his costume and exposed ass cheeks. Real funny. That's great for... <laughs> that's true comedy for kids, kids. Uh, when you got it flaunted, I suppose. If you're a rainbow dildo butt monkey, you got to party with that. Mandinga Arts Group, the company hired by the library that provided the characters, also apologized on their website, stating that while the monkey was previously well-received at carnival events... Okay. <laughs> It was entirely unsuitable for a children's event. No shit. The company-based organization added, our lack of judgment. That's not a lack of judgment. That's a pretty whitewashy way to put it. If I'm hosting a children's birthday party and I hire Rainbow Dildo Butt Monkey 
and I say, oops, I had a lapse of judgment there, that doesn't even begin to explain my thought processes. Someone needs to be arrested. <laughs> so <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. I <laughs> I ain't got nothing else. Uh, that I don't care if this was the first article I read. How can you go past this? You know what I mean? How can you continue with the show past Rainbow Dildo Butt Monkey uh, surprises a bunch of kids at a reading event? Uh, Rainbow Dildo Butt Monkey, wherever you are, I want to tell you that you are enriching our lives, enriching the lives of children. You're doing something good. You understand? If you ever feel in your Rainbow Dildo Butt Monkey little heart that you're not doing something good for this earth. I want you to know that I, Billy Dean Shoemate III, am proud of you, sir. Kids are going to be reading while they're huddled in the fetal position in the corner having nightmares about your really, really dark nipples. But, you know, me, uh, personally, you ask me, I, I, I am a fan. I'm going to be following you wherever you go. Godspeed, Rainbow Dildo Butt Monkey. I hope to see you in the news again. And ladies and gentlemen, that's all we got. <laughs> like I said, I don't care if that was the first article I read. How could you go past Rainbow Dildo Butt Monkey? That's perfect. So uh, this <laughs> that's all we got. That's it for this week. <laughs> Remember to go on Rainbow Dildo Butt Monkey, I mean, Asylum817.com for all things me and no disclosure related. All of the social media links are there, as well as the link to get to our Patreon account, where you can get everything from outtakes, entire bonus episodes, and early access to shows before I unleash them on the world. Speaking of Patreon, shout out to my patrons. The Kunkel Homestead YouTube channel, Michelle, Donald, David, Kristen. You guys keep this thing going. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, my babies. I love you all. Uh, Ooh. And be fancy. Uh, uh, <laughs> That one tasted all COVID-y. Did you know it's the face of smear? No disclosure, face of smear. Confiscated.